0: hello and welcome to mad props i'm your host chris schnabel and we've reached it episode number 40 we've gone through some name changes and some style changes but we're still here we're still running and we're still going uh before we start the show we have some big announcements coming from schnabel studios so make sure you follow schnabel studios on instagram facebook and twitter to stay in the loop um if you missed it Check out our last episode with Julius Thomas III, aka Alexander Hamilton, and Hamilton. Um, it was one of the best episodes we've done in the first 39. I'm not going to spoil this one, but in the first 39, it's one of the best episodes we've done, in my opinion. Um, and you don't want to miss it, so you can go check that out right now anywhere you get your podcasts or on YouTube. Um, there was also a new episode of Sketching Up where we talked about the new Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie on Disney Plus. So make sure you go and check that out as well. And get in the conversation there. You can talk about what you liked about the movie, what you didn't like about the movie, or whatever you want to talk about there. Last, a brand new show, Southern Hospitality, will be joining the Schnabel Studios family of podcasts. It's hosted by the God himself, Kyle Scott. He'll be talking about hip-hop, old and new, uh, entertainment, and more. You don't want to miss out on this. It's going to be coming at the end of this month. So we're in June. At the end of this month, we'll be getting Southern Hospitality. So you don't want to miss that. Definitely stay locked into the channels. Make sure you get updates and notifications so you can get these when they first come out and you can stay up and stay locked on the channel. Okay, let's do it. Let's get to the show. Let's get to the guest. Let's go.
1: Hi, I'm Scott Koblish. Let's start
0: the show. Scott, how you doing? How's it going? Thank you for joining us here on Mad Props. We appreciate you being here.
1: Yeah, sure. Of course. Anytime.
0: So we actually interacted before, met before at the Spokane Comic-Con, the Lilac City Comic-Con is what it's called. uh, Because we're based, the show based out of Spokane, Washington goes Zags. And my girlfriend and I, Mary, had you commission this beautiful piece of artwork sitting behind me now of me and her completely accurate, by the way. I'm that chiseled. I had to show you before. I was like, make it this chiseled," and Yeah, absolutely. Um, And you made this and we were talking before the show. This is one of my favorite things. I love being drawn. I love having that kind of stuff done. And once that happened, I turned to Mary and said, I need to get this guy on the show. I need to get him on. I need to talk to him. So and here we are. It's happened. I got you on. So we'll start by saying thank you for the piece. I love the piece. Thank you for the piece.
1: Absolutely. Well, it was a pleasure meeting you and Mary. Like, they're yeah, you know, you're both great. So, I had fun drawing it, and uh, I love Deadpool stuff. So, Deadpool's always so flexible as far as like what you can and can't do with it. So,
0: when when we were walking away, I was looking at it, and she's like, "Oh, you really like it?" I'm like, "No, you don't understand. Like, he drew Deadpool. He he was the artist for Deadpool." Yeah. Like, and then he drew us as Deadpool. Like, you, you don't understand what you're looking at right now. Like, like, the, the, artist, meta,
1: like yeah. the meta aspect of it is, is intense, yeah.
0: And it's like, it's <laughs> nothing more Deadpool than it being someone else in Deadpool. It's just, it was great. It just, I loved it. Um, We were able to show you, I believe, the picture of us from Halloween with the dog as Deadpool. And yeah. the dog hated being Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's it's a great time that was a great time but you said that you had one more comic-con you were going to and then you were going to kind of take some time so is that something you do a lot do you tour comic-cons like yearly I or did, anything like that
1: yeah i wind up in a lot of different comic conventions all year long um usually well so it depends uh the pandemic obviously kind of threw a wrench into everything for the past couple of years but um i was doing anywhere in between i want to say five and 12 different conventions during the year so um i'll probably do there's a there's one coming up in stockton california and i don't know everyone's trying to get me to go to long beach so in california as well so and then things pop up like um like uh, are there are any, any international shows that they sort of ask me to do, I'm on board because I love to travel and I love seeing different cultures and different places. And um, uh, so for me, it's kind of a it's a real gas to be able to go to, I don't know, last place I was at was uh, we did Sweden this past fall and uh, Kuala Lumpur a couple of years before that. Um, before all the travel was sort of slammed down mm-hmm. that was the last convention i think i'd been at overseas there was one in uh spokane or not in uh, spokane and um spokane was on my mind uh there was one that i had in uh, sh- uh, shanghai um so that was really cool that was fun that's so was, you spokane know,
0: shanghai you were close you're right there like
1: the same thing yeah it's almost nearly the exact same thing now shanghai is gigantic and uh that was a lot of fun. That was a great convention. I really enjoyed that one. Their convention halls are pretty similar all across the U S so that's the one kind of aspect that, uh, that really feels the same each time out. Like you're, you're at a, a table and then you're, you're in a, like a convention hall and they're pretty similar all across uh, the world. Uh, so like, uh, the one in uh, Sweden, that we went to just this fall, like that was very similar. That had a lot of um, a lot of people at it actually, which was great. And then of course, everyone in Sweden is super tall, so um, like normally I'm six foot two, so normally I, I I'm used to being one of the tallest people in the room. There's usually a handful of people that are a little taller, but everyone was the same height or taller, like. It it was just the average height there is is off the charts. So it was kind of fascinating, and that that aspect of it, like, uh, so I don't know. It's different parts of the world are different.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So with comic cons, do they they come to find you? Then you don't like reach out to them, or if there's some that you like, you go like, hey, like, is there an open table?
1: It's a it's a mix. Yeah. Sometimes they'll know me, and they'll know somebody who who has access to me. They'll call me or text me or. Or email me or something like that um but it's it sort of depends so like um uh some some places i'll reach out to and uh like book a table um but uh some of them will reach out to me so it's a mixture of like you know they want me to be a guest or uh if they or or if i just want to be at that convention just because i know and love that convention like the long beach one i I used to go to do it every six months just because it was local and it's fun. So little things like that. It's a, it, it varies like uh, Baltimore when I was out there in the fall was uh, the hero initiative, which is a charity. I do all sorts of stuff for, which uh, helps out um, uh, comic creators who have fallen on hard times. Um, that charity asked me to come out to Baltimore and I said, sure, no trouble at all. Um, so, uh, you know, there's little things like that. It, it, it varies from, from place to place, but, uh, but I, I never thought as an artist who just sits and draws at home, I never thought I'd be able to travel the world. So it's, it's kind of a nice, it's a relief to be able to have more to my life than the
0: six foot square around me at my desk and my walls. (laughs) Yeah. That's it, gotta be t- I'm I'm not an office person at all. We talked yeah. before. I told you I do video, like I need to be out. Like I need yeah. to be out and doing things. So like being able to tour like that must be so nice. You're like, I can get out of this box. I can do it. Yeah. I can get out of here.
1: I can get out of the box. Uh the language barriers are always kind of interesting, but they're not as bad as I thought that they would be. Um oftentimes at the conventions they'll have somebody who helps you like navigate everything they'll have a handler for you um and uh and honestly some languages are easier for me to suss out than others when i was in sweden reading things were surprisingly easy um uh the language obviously is a little bit you know speaking the language i always feel a little uh self-conscious but um but i was able to suss out like pretty much like i don't know like four uh, three-fourths of the words that I was looking at like to find out what they kind of were Um, because Swedish is kind of a mix between Russian and German and English Um, and everyone there speaks English because uh, there's a big trade back and forth between Stockholm and uh, England. So um, yeah you know uh, the only place I really ever ran into trouble was Italy. No one in Italy in this part of to and, to and in Naples, in Italy, uh, in Napoli, they they didn't want to speak English at all. And they were like, well, we'll speak French if we have to, but I don't know French. So <laughs> that was tough. They, they dragged me up on stage and they were like, bah, 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 bah. and I was like, I don't know what in it was happening. <laughs> and they were like, parlez-vous français, and I'm like, je suis American, I don't really speak French. French at all you know so and um, you can get around surprisingly easy in grocery stores uh, everything has a picture on it which I, I really didn't you don't think about when you go to a grocery store it's got the word and then the picture so like um, yeah, that's pretty easy for you to figure out what's orange juice and grapefruit juice and uh, you know what kind of foods there are and then honestly, like if you need, if you go to a bakery or something like that, you just point at things and you go like, you know, I want two of those. So um, it's pretty easy to travel around it. I thought it would be way worse. Um, Cause I'm not really that great at languages, but, uh, or at least I thought it wasn't, but um, I don't know. The traveling is just fascinating to me. I Kuala Lumpur was, was really interesting because there's so much money flying in and out of that place, but it's so unregulated. So it's like, the sidewalks are like just the worst, you know, and then you'll have like just an abandoned lot with like tents on it. And then like a huge high rise that like everything on that property is well taken care of, but um, everything outside of it is kind of a a chaotic mess. So it's interesting to see like different parts of the world in um, Argentina, uh, was it Argentina? Yeah, I think it was Argentina and in Argentina was uh, really interesting because um, that that part of the world, like uh, it's similar. The sidewalks are just the worst, but a lot of the buildings are really old. So like in Kuala Lumpur, the buildings were super new if there was anything. But the stuff in uh, in, um, in Argentina was like just uh, sort of uh, old buildings, like really beautiful old buildings everywhere. It kind of reminded me of Europe in uh, some of the old architecture and stuff like that so i don't know it's really neat to be able to travel especially for comic conventions everyone loves deadpool all over the world I can <laughs> that's something the rest of the world really loves is is uh, seeing deadpool so
0: it's fun and you did deadpool from about 2012 to 2018 2019 something like that right
1: I Did i came back to do like a i don't know it was like an eight pager or something like that uh in the 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 30th anniversary for deadpool we did something last year but uh yeah i love the character i thought was really neat um was you really can't break him as a character you he's um he's kind of unbreakable so like the things that you would do to him like uh, if you'd done them to superman or spider-man like everyone would immediately be taken out of the property like you you know you'd if superman turned to everybody and was like hey everybody how cool is it that i'm married to lois lane like everyone would just be like whoa like this ruins the comic for me but like um if you if gave you him an the- afro. yeah yeah exactly if you if you drew drew him in like uh in bell bottoms and put an afro wig on him like um it would kind of ruin the character you wouldn't you wouldn't trust it anymore and and superman's been through a lot so like that's saying but, um for a guy that like was uh, you know turning into all sorts of uh, bees or whatever he, he would turn into in the 50s but with deadpool it's um uh you just can't break the character like the more we did with him that was ridiculous like uh just the more everybody really loved it like everyone just was on board with all the silly stuff and and I got to do a lot of the silly stuff. So that was that was super fun. The comedy aspect of it is is really interesting because there's not a lot of comics out there that even dive into comedy in any way. So uh, and it's hard to do. It's you have to really make sure that like all the jokes are landing the best they can. It's uh, it's easy to draw like a character who's like all roided out and like, uh, you know, uh, my wife was murdered, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, that kind of pathos or bathos is really simple and really easy to do, but comedy is hard. So.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of what you did. Um, I was going to talk about it a little later, but I'll get into it now with your newer one that you've been on the secret, uh, history of the war on weed, you have this big giant macho fighting government lizards guy but then yeah. you kind of turn him around because he gets a uh, taste of the weed a little bit and he's like, Wait, this is wrong. Yeah. Like, this is
1: Yeah, that was the that was the fun thing to do on that one. We we sort of reverse engineered that property. It was we had learned that there was a 420 uh release date for comics. Comics usually come out on Wednesdays, and there was a 420 release date, and we were like, we just put our heads together, we were like, What 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 could we do with that? And um it, it turned out like a lot of fun and we're going to do more of this stuff with that character. I think, uh, Scotch McTiernan. So we're, I'm just about to start. Once I wrap up this one comic, it's a monster comic. Um, once I wrap this up, I'll, I'm jumping into the, the Halloween special that we're going to do. We're going to do two more. So it'll be a Halloween themed comic and then a Christmas themed comic. And, um, and then I don't know. There's probably going to be more after that. Where, you know, it's a weird, it's a weird time in comics. I think that the world is kind of ready for new properties.
0: So different doing- too. They're yeah. all following the same baseline now. Now, as much as I love the stuff like that, I understand like yeah, people are trying to break away from. I think that's why the boys became so successful because it was yeah, kind the- of breaking yeah. the mold of the superhero tropes.
1: Yeah, well, the boys is, uh, you know, it's funny that that um, the Justice League is everywhere, essentially, mm-hmm. but it's nowhere as well. Like, it's so funny to watch. Like, um, the boys is a really successful Justice League. The Umbrella Academy is a really successful X-Men. Like, it's just interesting to watch, like, Justice League and X-Men on the sidelines while like honestly some of these other properties like are just taking it and running it you've got my hero academia which is an amazing x-men kind of thing but uh x-men is just nowhere to be found so it's really fascinating to me to see like what's out there and what people do with it um the scotch mctiernan stuff that we're doing it doesn't really have a like a, a comic book um parallel so it's not like uh it's not like a Deadpool kind of thing. It's, it's a little bit more like, um, like an eighties kind of like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger or uh, Van Damme or um, yeah. um, Sylvester Stallone kind of thing. That's, I got so, a but,
0: Rambo vibe in the beginning yeah. with a, with a uh, Schwarzenegger look.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I wanted to make him like a redhead too. Cause I don't, you don't see that that often that there's a lot of redheads out there that are all like in superheroes and stuff like that there's a lot of redhead girls but not a lot of redhead guys so i was like let's go for this and then um it's just been interesting to do you know like the more brian and jerry and i talk about it the more fanciful it gets like um the stuff with uh that's coming up is going to be really interesting um because we're going to do a, a one shot in for halloween and a one shot for christmas and then package it all together for like a, a trade in the spring um so i don't know it's just really fascinating to be able to do it it's um it's 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 nice to be able to create things that you kind of have a lot of control over like um you know when you're doing an x-men project or a spider-man project or um that's incredible fun and i love doing it but uh it does uh you, you have parameters You have limitations and uh with the scotch material and stuff we don't we have to actually find out where our limitations are uh, (laughs) and then figure those out and figure out if those are even worth having you know like so it's just interesting to do so
0: i think that goes back you were talking about how the successful justice league is the boys i think that's kind of why you see these properties like rising more than the original properties because they have those boundaries, because they have those limitations. Like you can make the Justice League. We want to see it. But make sure you stay yeah. like this. Stay in this lane. Don't don't divert well, from this lane.
1: Yeah, because it'll ruin like I said, it'll ruin the character. Like it's funny to like Deadpool has such freedom. But like yeah, if you were to do that the stuff with the boys, if you were to do it with Superman, I it would it it you can't I mean in good conscience you just can't you could if you wanted to you know I remember uh, listening to um, some interview with um, or reading an interview with uh, Grant Morrison and he said that Superman's only weakness is uh, how good the writer is and uh, I thought that that was really that was really clever but the but the other thing is that you really can't make him a sociopath you know like it really it, it dives into territory that would just it makes people uncomfortable. You know, they have a history with Superman that dates back 80 years. And uh, to suddenly find out that that guy's a sociopath, it's a great story. It probably would sell a lot, but you would have, where does that go after that? You'd have to, you know what I mean? Like you, you really, you have to sit down and go like, yeah, we've got a year's worth of stories, but what's the next 80 years going to be like? So um, with the boys, you know, they have, they have essentially this uh, Justice League pastiche, you know, like um, where they can kind of dive into those archetypes. Like uh, you'll have a Wonder Woman archetype or you'll have a a Flash archetype and they can kind of like dive into like what it's like um, in particular patterns, you know, and fool around with that sort of the expectations that you have having read The Flash for 80 years or however long it's been. And then to, to sort of run across a Flash character that, uh, you know, is struggling with their speed or their heart rate or, you know, they're having trouble with their metabolism. Um, you know, that's that's really fascinating to be able to do something like that. But uh, but it's only a one time thing in and, in uh, you know, in you can do it outside of the Flash, but you can't really do it in the Flash. Um, I do remember them bringing something in the 80s they had a like uh wally was just eating everything under the sun like he'd have to load up on like eighty thousand calories like in order to get through the day which i thought was kind of interesting but uh they kind of dropped that after a while it's it's too much to watch the flesh just eating (laughs) i think so but at any rate, uh, there's all sorts of things you can do with like uh, you know things like The Boys and My Hero in a- Academia and like um, you know, Umbrella Academy and stuff like that. There, it's just fascinating TV to watch. I'm I'm kind of psyched about Umbrella Academy coming back, and I'm in the yeah. middle of The Boys now too. So, although I might I might let a, an episode or two pile up because um, I kind of like blowing through them.
0: Yeah, that's that's how I'm feeling too. Especially so, you're on the third season of The Boys. Yeah. yeah yeah so that's how i feel too I, I watched the end of the episode i'm like just drop it like like just drop it all at once i just want to <laughs> sit in my room for six and a half hours and watch them all yeah, yeah
1: exactly yeah
0: i don't need to keep coming back every week like yeah i get it that's the whole point is I'm, you really want cool. me to do that yeah. but like yeah, just drop great. it all at once let me watch it all at once it's so crazy like this third season's been nuts so far yeah. And it's been
1: great well, i really like uh I really like just not knowing where they're going. You know, they they really they'll set up stuff, they'll knock it down in ways that I didn't really think that they would do that and then they're on to the next thing. So, you know, they're they're really like intense. It it's um I don't want to go into spoilers for anybody, but it's a really great season. So, and I'm looking really looking forward to Umbrella Academy. I I love Gerard Ways like pretty much his entire output, so and um it's just really neat to see like all these really inventive like shows and inventive like uh, movies and stuff like that coming out. So I, I think it's a kind of a golden age for for intellectual properties right now. Like there just seem to be so many outlets for it and everything's just everyone's pretty hungry for like a really well done uh, show or a really well done like thing. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. I completely. Uh, Umbrella Academy, I love both the boys and Umbrella Academy. One thing I love about both of them is the creative different or the creative changes they've made with some of the stuff. Like they still follow pretty base of the beginning, but like especially Umbrella Academy is very different in the comic. Um, oh, which,
1: yeah. I think the show is better than the comic, to be honest. I, but, uh, for,
0: honestly, for both of them, that's my opinion. I like yeah. the show much more than I like the comics, especially the boys for me. Like I, I enjoyed Umbrella Academy. I really like Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm. I like the comic as well. But I also really love the show. I love the show more right. than the, but the boys like I like the comic, but I just never I was I would read it and I never just got super, super into it. Where I just told you I just wish they would drop the entire season of three because I would sit there and watch it for six and a half hours. Yeah. So I, I like the creative differences they took with it. I like how in the boys they didn't start as soups and like it. it makes it more like regular people versus the soups. Like how it's do they do great. it? How do they go, go against them? So I really it's like really those creative great. differences.
1: Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah, I I, I think that uh, yeah, I, I found that some like movies are better than the book or some shows are better than the book or vice versa. The book's better than the movie or the show. It's tough to sort of transition stuff over, but with the boys and umbrella Academy, I think they did a, a, just a better job in general. Yeah. You have, there's an aspect of like world building that like when you're doing it in a comic, uh, you only have so much territory to really, um, uh, uh, go through, but you have time. like you can build something up over a few years and in a show you've really got to rope people in at the beginning and then put all the world building stuff up at the beginning too. I don't know it's it's different for each property, each kind of thing so but uh, yeah, I'm really psyched. there's all sorts of great stuff. I'm actually even looking forward to Black Adam like yes. like uh, I love the Justice society, so it's weird to see Dr. Fate. Uh, in anything i never thought i'd see dr fate in anything much less like uh i think it's great casting to have um pierce brosnan as uh as dr fate so I'm, i'm i'm hopeful about everything you know i i think um i think everything everyone's aware of what comics can do and um and how to stretch it into different media like i when i was growing up like it was you know we'd have like a spider-man show on or a or a um you know some sort of animated thing and that was the closest you could get to any comic property like superhero property being engaging in any way um some of the tv shows would just kind of fail on like weird levels like you'd have uh, red brown as like captain america or even the there was a Captain America movie in the early nineties or late eighties. that was just atrocious. So like, um, you know, the fact that they've been able to pull some of these things to the point where, when, you know, Chris Evans leaves the Captain America role, I think everybody misses him terribly, you know, like, Mm -hmm. whereas I think that if you had that Captain America from the eighties or nineties is the Captain America that everybody as a linchpin was supposed to follow i i don't think it would have worked
0: no i i it's crazy to look it's a great case study to do like how the media of comic books became what it is today because if you think about comic books in the media like outside of being comic books it was like the adam west shows or the old spider-man cartoons from the uh, the 60s going into the 70s and how it had to be funny, it had to be quirky, it had to be, and then you know, Batman 89 comes out and Batman mm-hmm. the Animated Series and Sam Raimi Spider-Man. It shows like, no, these could be like movies that are like like good, good acting, yeah. but good writing. Like they don't have to be comedies.
1: Yeah, they don't. And they can they can also dive into different things. Like one of my favorite uh, movies from the Marvel stuff recently is was um, Winter Soldier. I just loved all the mm-hmm. The uh, espionage aspects of it i wish that i had not known that robert redford was a villain like he had spilled <laughs> it like eight months prior like that's they were, part like, with the
0: marvel movies they spoil yeah, everything and, but during they, the interview. Uh,
1: yeah I, they did an interview with him and he was like it's so great to be a villain and i was like oh you're killing me like because <laughs> i would have I, I it would have blown my head off like you know there's a reveal in the thing like where he just becomes like you know he's shown to be evil, and I was like, oh, this would have been so great if I had not known. <laughs> but um,
0: so I yeah. to hate Tom Holland, isn't it? Because every time he goes on an interview, he spoils what's going on next. They're like, yeah, yeah. no, Tom, stop! Don't even <laughs> come to the interview anymore.
1: Yeah, I wish I had not known that the Hulk was in the Thor movie too, that last that Ragnarok one. Yeah, I wish I had found out in the you know in the in the theater. So. I don't know it's just one of those things where like I guess they're trying to get people excited about going Mm -hmm. but uh but I also like I kind of miss being surprised like I used to be genuinely surprised about what happened in the comic books like but now you've got previews everyone has access to previews and it's like it's like literally like um you know three months like ahead of time you kind of know what's going to happen that some major death is going to happen or the justice league is all going to die and be replaced you know like stuff like that like i kind of wish that i there was some surprise to things
0: but i don't know maybe that boat has sailed you know it's okay. so hard to tell now that you can see the covers you know yeah a year in advance and the cover art is like a tombstone <laughs> of something you're like that yeah, person exactly, dies yeah. What? Yeah
1: yeah yeah exactly so yeah that's pretty intense but uh i don't know i i just i love comics i love movies i i love all the superhero genre it's it's kind of like um you know when i was a kid i would read all these uh old norse norse mythology like books and uh, all these greek mythology books and and um, even the bible to some extent has like a whole bunch of like super powered like characters running through it so like it's really interesting to sort of like, it really gets your, your imagination all fired up and excited about like what you're reading. So I don't know, that kind of stuff always has a place, I guess. It's it's just uh, people who are like just a little bit, Um, they have some sort of gift or some sort of special thing, but it's also like a curse, you know, or some, it's it's got some element of like, uh, be aware of what you wish for kind of thing to it um people are always searching around for things like that you know all the old like um what was it? a thousand and one like uh um knights and stuff like that like uh it's really it's it's fascinating to see the arabian Nights. you know every culture's got the eight immortals over in china every every culture has like people who are a little bit better at what they do or they're they're like the epitome of um of what humankind can do and then there's also the with that there's also the fall for that character sort of built in you know so
0: there's, i love that, that stuff yeah. there, there's always been a media of like hum, like people that hear the stories of blank and make it out to be more than it ever was like that's what you're yeah. talking about it's something like there's always the like and and even when you were like in school you think about it you're in school when you were young and there you heard did you hear billy he beat up so and so he threw him up against the wall and did oh, yeah, all yeah. that really yeah. happened is he pushed them and they got yeah. they got whatever like that's always what it's been it's just these these books that you're talking about put it into writing and now thousands of years hundreds of years thousands of years later we're looking at it and reading the stories of these of these people and it's just Absolutely. like now comic and books. It- movies it's all that's all it is is the stories of the
1: same kind of stuff in like sports there's a lot of like uh, uh hero worship that like winds up in sports you know i'll meet a lot of the wrestlers like at these conventions and uh they're just genuinely sweet guys they're nice but uh you know it's it's fascinating to sort of like see um some of these people that you see far away Uh, and their stories are sort of built up in your head and then you meet them and it's like it's just they're like a normal person yeah you know but uh but you don't expect them to be because you've got this storyline in your head about who they are who they could be so i don't know it's interesting to to watch yeah because we definitely have it's not just superheroes it's it's sports or politicians or you know like people build up politicians to be Way bigger in their heads than they take up much more space than they actually do in real life, you know. So it's just fascinating to me. It, It the whole like people just have this natural myth making kind of ability. Like their imaginations just take over. Whether it's like a person that you're involved in a relationship, like you've seen it before, where like you'll you'll see a couple, there'll be two friends, and like one person is just completely blind to what's going on with the other person do you know what i mean and then you'll Mm -hmm. talk to them and they'll they'll have this sort of skewed view of like of who this person could be to them or with them and um it's like it's like human beings just have this kind of like natural ability to to uh to almost screw it up you know what i mean To almost (laughs) sort of say like like uh, uh this this person or this thing has an importance that i'm imparting to it that's much greater than like the importance that it would normally have so you know uh uh so certainly superheroes and certainly sports uh, politicians girlfriends boyfriends husbands wives it's fascinating to watch that parents people have an expectation of their parents that uh, i don't think that. Um,
0: changes when you're 18
1: yeah (laughs) you start learning
0: about what they were like
1: yeah yeah it changes (laughs) and it even continues to change as you get older too like as you each as you reach each um sort of mile marker like uh your understanding of where your parents were at or where they must have been at um changes uh, uh you know almost daily so i i think that uh it's just a weird ride like you can't you just can't see everything all at once so you're just kind of making up like connections between things um and then breaking them down and then re, you know remaking those connections and it's just a it's fascinating as a lifelong process i i like getting older like i really do i enjoyed like um I've enjoyed, you know, my perspective changing. I've enjoyed like the things that I, I think are important or I recognize are, you know, harmful. Like it's, it's that kind of stuff. Like, um, that really like uh, I feel like I'm constantly evolving and changing. And, and I really try and drive that home my, to my child uh, as well. Uh, Cause Max, uh, you know, is 18 and I'm trying to get Max to think about like what the future holds and, Even my experience, my parents and my uncle, especially like changed his entire life and entire career when he hit like 55, he, he was a chemist. And then he just decided that he was going to be a surgical assistant and, uh, went to college for it and changed up everything, like left New Jersey, went to Alabama to work in the ER, you know, like it's, 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 you can change your life. You can constantly shift things, you know, like, um, my weight goes up and down. I constantly am shifting on that sort of stuff. Like, um, it's just interesting to see how things change. Um, you know, I, I, I got divorced and remarried. Like that's a completely different relationship. Like, and it's wonderful. It's, it's better in way, many ways, partly because of what I went through over the past couple of years. So, like, um, everything everything is a, a process and you don't have to get stuck in one particular thing. You can always shift things around. You can always um, make new connections or, you know, even just going out and hanging out with friends can, can make a new connection with you, you know, like, uh, where that wasn't there before. So, like, I just I love I love evolving. It's it's fun for me. So
0: with all this, I mean, so I'll give a quick synopsis here because we didn't really go through how you got to where you are. But I could I think I could give a quick synopsis. All right, I could give a quick synopsis of your life for people that okay. are listening. Okay, right. so you decided you want to be an artist at seven. You went to school a couple years after that. Then you went to yeah. New York for the school uh, for a school for visual arts. Yep, that, that's right. then you made a portfolio there you met john ramota senior where you were pestering him like hey let me in let me in and he's like all right stop pestering me a couple years later he came back he got you into marvel and then you went from there and you became an artist and now here you are today i think that's a good quick assessment right
1: that's a pretty great assessment yeah i don't know yeah i guess i've I've spoken to these things online before or something like that. Yeah. Uh,
0: it's I, listen, it's not, it's not like, uh, Oh, I'll just look it up and do it. When I do these, I, I do my research so I can get, I can get it. Cause I don't absolutely. want, I don't need you telling that again. You tell that a thousand times. Why do you need to do it again? But it, I draw a question out of that. So you, you start as an artist, you want to be an artist, but you yeah. have all these stories and experiences. Have you ever wanted to go into the writing side? I know like a lot of the artists, especially ones you looked up to and we could talk about George Perez in a, in a minute, if you'd like, Yeah, but um these guys became the they became the the writers after that they became the storytellers have you ever wanted to make that transition to kind of like with these stories you can build or do you just take these stories put it into your art
1: i i feel like i'm kind of wandering toward that but it's not um it's not as direct a a path as i would normally imagine it to be i i've been struggling with figuring out how to write things i have a project that it's kind of been on the back burner for the last couple months or almost a year now. And I, I've been trying to figure out how to, how to plot it out and how to write it. And, um, I think it's, it's one of those things where it it looks too big to me and I have to kind of break it down into like things that I can kind of tackle. I'll tackle this, I'll tackle that. So, um, That's a great question. I, I imagine so that I'll probably wind up writing things. It's just a, it's, it's like, for me, I'm like kind of a late bloomer in a lot of things. I kind of wind up like thinking about things way too much and for far too long, and then there'll be a big change and then I'll go down that path. Um, I think my strengths as far as storytelling go are, are, are growing like I'm getting a lot better at like imagining things and and being able to put that down on the paper you know um uh you know when I switched over from inking uh inking was all well and good it got me in the industry I was pretty good at it um uh but I wound up frustrated and And uh, I've gotten, you know, I made a a lot of changes to where I was at so that I was penciling things. And that was a big change. And, you know, it was was me learning how to do that well enough that I'm comfortable with it. And then figuring, you know, turning around and saying, now that I'm comfortable doing this, like, what do I want to do with it? And what stories do I want to tell? And I've gotten a lot of those under my belt. And now I'm sort of like looking at everything and saying, like, well... I'm comfortable drawing I'm comfortable sort of like navigating making a comic Uh, you know uh, the ones that we do with Brian and Jerry or the ones that I do with different writers and stuff like that I'm comfortable making that process and now I'm thinking of doing more stories that would be mine Um, but it's a slow process for me and I've watched a lot of guys like they crash and burn so like i try and steer away from that kind of like um uh shooting into the sky and then exploding and then like uh just being in pieces for the rest of your life so like i'm, I'm trying to figure out how to do it in a, in a in a way that i can continue to make a living do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. um i've only i've only ever made a living drawing uh since i was 22 so i want to continue that process. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to fail horribly. Like one of my worst, like um, there's a kid story uh, that really haunts me to this day, the one with the it's Jack and the beanstalk. It's not the stuff where he gets to the, the clouds and he's fighting a giant. It's it's that stuff where he goes at the beginning and he's got a cow and he takes the cow to market and he comes back with like a few beans Like, that's, that's the kind of life I don't want to, I don't want to navigate, you know, navigate, like, like, yes, they're magic beans, but they could well have been not magic beans. Yeah. So, like, I want to, I want to be able to, to, you know, you feed your family, you have responsibilities as a father, you have responsibilities as a husband. uh, And you can't forget those just because you want to draw comics. (laughs) You know (laughs) what I mean? Like, so. So there's that element of me always uh, sort of like you know navigating a career um, and trying to make sure that like I'm doing things well enough that like um, I can um, I can I can balance the things in a good life, you know what I mean like uh, so anyway. I don't know. I, I probably rambled off on in there. A, in a no, I was that. good.
0: That was good. I was just thinking when you said, and it's gonna be funny because you said all that stuff. And the first thing that comes to my head is when you said Jack and the Beanstalk. I was like, wouldn't it be hilarious to get the perspective of the guy that gave the beans? to him? And look, I just, I just got this guy to, two beans for this cow. And then Absolutely. He just the beanstalk going up in the background. He's like, yeah. what did oh, I do?
1: Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Sure.
0: Absolutely. No, that's what came <laughs> to my head for some reason after all this great, all that great yeah. stuff. I've been. The kid, I the never beans thought about though. that. Nice <laughs> yeah, he's like, I
1: got a couple beans and I gave this kid.
0: for this Hey crack. guys, I just screwed this kid over. I gave him a couple beans for this this great cow here, and then he's, he's, He turns around. He's like, Oh. Yeah. Hey, aren't those your beans over there, bud? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He could have planted them. And yeah. Them. Yeah. That would be like the equivalent of you giving your comic and you getting two pennies, but the one penny is a 1682 from England. And you're like, oh, wow, right. this is worth <laughs> millions of dollars. Like, well, that's know. Not
1: a, you know, a lot of these comic properties, because they wind up being movies or TV shows or whatever, it, there is an element of lottery that I don't like about it. You know, like I, I'm i kind of a work a day guy. Like I, I kind of view my 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 work is like the page rate you know what i mean or the you know sometimes you'll get a royalty by surprise but it's always the page rate it's like doing the work every day and getting paid for the page um that i i kind i really understand on a deep level but i don't understand that whole lottery system where somebody you know winds up like mark millar like you know getting like a 50 million dollar paycheck in order to have you know like uh um what is it Jupiter's Legacy and a couple other things like winding up on TV you know so it's interesting to see like just how because people do ride like a rocket like they sometimes they get they like a Rob Liefeld like he gets on a rocket when he's like 20 and it just goes right into the stratosphere you know same with Mark Millar like I mean I guess you know there's always a lot of hard work involved in it um, so I can't put it down that way but like uh there's some people that just rocket to stardom and other people that kind of like plot along and I, I'm one of the plot along kind of guys and I'm proud of it I you know I work really hard at learning and changing and evolving and doing what I can to be like a you know the best artist I can be so I don't know
0: we have, a, we have a couple, we have a couple more minutes and I yeah. wanted to give you some time to talk about George Perez. I saw you were technically his last anchor, um, before he, unfortunately, I guess passed. I was. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. And, um, that's kind of the guy that got you into being an artist. He kind of tried to emulate. he's one of the guys I should say that got you in artistry. So yeah. as any thoughts, anything you want to say, I just want to give you some time to talk about him and maybe a little yeah. bit um, to you.
1: Yeah, George. So it's funny. I mean, he just passed away. I guess last month. I, George has been. He was the real. There's a couple. Like I loved comic books, and I would pick them up. But then after like a little bit of time, you know, when you're a little kid, like five, six, seven, you you kind of the. There's a few that are forgettable. You you'll pick up a couple hot stuffs or you know, some Archie comics, and then they're kind of all the, to me, they were kind of all the same, but, uh, there were, there were a few artists and a few writers out there that, uh, I would pick up the comics. I was surprised, engaged, and really like, just like, you really felt like they were presenting an entirely, um, like an entire world to you you know and i would I, in the month in between any of these comics like my imagination would just go like i would think about the cliffhanger and i would think about the the world that they would be there and i would draw that stuff on my own time and a lot of it was george's stuff like george is the reason i loved firestorm which you know because they were these eight page backups and flash comic and it were like george is a reason i think all of us love the teen titans the teen titans was honestly i kind of thought it was a bit of a garbage property like before and then george came along with marv and made it unreal i mean like we've been they've been making stories off of the stories that george and marv initiated uh they've been making those stories for um They've been making those stories for decades now. And it's all the same characters. It's all the same like format. Like it's all the same uh, relationships that the characters have. And, uh, and for me, like, so my first experience with George was just, he would present these stories and I would just eat them up. And then uh, as an adult, like I got to meet him and uh, <clears throat> he was just such a wonderful and kind person in person that that also just kind of blew my head off like there's a lot of anxiety that you have when you're at conventions uh, or you're meeting fans or you're meeting other professionals Um, you know any of the insecurities that you have are going to bubble up and they can take different forms people wind up being jerks or they wind up being quiet or you know any number of things can go wrong in your interaction with fans or other professionals and watching George just be as kind and as happy and engaging and welcoming as he could be to every single person that he ever met. um, That was a real eye opener for me. And it was one of those things where I was like, okay, you can be a good person. You can be a, a welcoming person and engaging and uh just be a happy joy a spot of joy for everybody that you meet and um so on a personal level he was that for me and on a professional level watching him navigate his uh you know the the career that he had where he went from avengers and fantastic four to over to dc to do some justice league stuff and Teen titans and wonder woman and then coming back to you know, going out and doing some independent stuff like uh, going, seeing how hard that was for him. I watched him really struggle with that independent stuff. Like, um, I guess Crimson Plague was was not the success that he needed it to be. And then coming back to Avengers, and then going over to DC to do all sorts of stuff. Like, it it's really it was fascinating to watch, and um, it gave me a bit of a blueprint to be able to follow. And then, of course, the last couple months, um, you know, as soon as he fell ill and, and told everybody, I just jumped on the phone and was able to talk to him and tell him what he meant to me, you know, on a personal level and a career level. And, and then I got to see him a little bit. Thankfully, my my wife had helped to set up uh, some of the the final stuff that he did over at D.C. So I was able to drive him back and forth. Uh, to those events and talk with him and listen to him and see where he was at. You know, it's, um, when you're, you know, when not a lot of people have that ability to sort of be, uh, present for everybody in their last days. And, uh, I watched George be able to do that for pretty much everybody who loved him. Like, um, he was able to sort of wrap things up with a lot of people, um, and uh, for me that meant a lot but it was just an interesting aspect of you know someone's like Sherpa essentially for you know their path towards uh, you know passing on they're dying so it was just interesting to see like that aspect of George's life be you know he was so welcoming and he was so engaging and he was always telling stories and for him to be able to to help people have the last stories with him uh, on a personal level was really interesting to me. So you know, I got to see him. He he gave uh, Jill and me some marriage advice, which was sweet. And then you know, uh, you know, I gave him a hug and then saw him off to the to the um, to the uh, hotel there. Just before that, we had gotten. It was really interesting. We had gotten to see. Uh, Warner Brothers has a tour I guess that they had sort of set up it's been all sorts of screwy because of the pandemic but there was a tour of all the properties that Warner Brothers kind of has under their hat right now like um, Harry Potter and things like that and um, there was an entire wing of this uh, tour that's uh, the DC properties and um, and it was really neat to see like uh, uh, those aspects of uh, George's work uh in the in the in the movies you know the movie stills and they had like costumes and they had all sorts of things on the wall like they'd have george's like wonder woman number one cover or cyborg or like it was really neat to like want look up at these these comics the covers of the comics that uh that i i had seen that george had done and george was looking up at the comics and uh you know he was excitedly he's like you know, I, I, that was my first uh, Green Lantern comic, you know, like, and I was like, oh, that's really great. And, you know, and he was like, he's like, I got to meet Wally Wood and Jack Kirby on the same day. It was an amazing day. Like just the fan aspect of it was just really wonderful uh, To sort of share that with him, you know? So, but yeah, he passed on, I guess we'll all pass on eventually. I think that in the end, really, it's what you leave for everybody that, uh, is the kind of stuff that, that matters in the world, you know, like if you've left stories that are engaging or, uh, you know, uh, Jack Kirby is his, his stuff, Stanley, their stuff, like that's, that's always going to be in the world. You know, it just feels like it's just going to go to go and go and go. It, it, it like out, you, you build something that outlives you. I mean, that's kind of the, the, The goal you know like some like whether it's children or whether it's family or whether it's artwork or whether it's uh, music or or you know some 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 legacy that you can leave behind uh and really make it mean something to people and that they can build on it you know that's really the that's the gift that like defies death you know and um I was really grateful to be able to tell George that he, those gifts that he gave to me, you know, are going to continue to live in me and hopefully I'll be able to pass
0: that on in some way. So anyway, that's what George meant. Beautifully said. And it's amazing that you had that type of experience with him. Like a lot of people don't get that. Like you have someone that you looked up to or someone that really helped you go on to your journey and you actually get to have like this great amazing experience all the way until his final days. so that's that's amazing that's unbelievable and it was really well said yeah well anyway so, yeah. yep so yeah. as we so as we wrap up here i want to let you uh plug whatever you're going to plug here you can find the secret history of the war on weed um you can find that wherever i guess comic stores or amazon i saw it on amazon so you can find it wherever if you want to try to get that nft one you better have some good cash because it's about (laughs) 10 grand to try to get that one Um, (laughs) but yeah so that's where you can find that anything else you want to plug uh where can people find you as well on social media
1: um they can find me on instagram It's usually a good place to find me it gets scott koblish on instagram and um uh yeah uh right now we have yeah the secret history of the war on weed is the the book that's up right now um there'll be a monster comic that i haven't figured out what what date that that hits and then uh definitely around halloween uh check out the next installment we're not sure what the title is going to be i want it to be the secret history of the war on halloween but uh jerry and brian might have some different opinions so <laughs> so yeah but uh, and definitely the oh you know what else is coming out it's a project i did during the pandemic it kind of got lost in the the weeds um just because they released it digitally for uh for a while but there should be a print copy of uh how to uh how to read comics the marble way um uh which i did uh all last year and and um was really proud of so i'm hoping that that it'll come out as a trade, uh, in September.
0: So keep uh, yeah. keep an eye out for that one. And absolutely. I, you did one with kind of a DC too, right? Like how to draw a DC. And now you're doing how to read with Marvel. Yeah. 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 All, yeah, the yeah. Big, yeah, all, all that over that the big guys the- there, huh? All over the big yeah. Titans of comic books.
1: Absolutely. Oh, and I, and I can't forget, uh, uh, there's a serial comic that I've been putting out. Uh, it's one, story of out of many in each issue of, uh, heavy metal as we go along for the next couple months um that's called the axe i'm actually doing that with brian Bussain and um and joe troman who's the um lead guitar player in uh, fallout boys so that's been a real gas that that's a lot of fun so yeah if you if you can find that magazine heavy metal magazine there's a there's a storyline that's uh pouring through that one called the ax. So, uh, and I think that's it. I always forget like <laughs> things that I'm working on. So, but I think that that's it for now.
0: <laughs> very busy, very busy. That's why we got to wrap it up. So you can get back yeah, yeah. to all these, all the stuff you're doing, you're doing so much. Yeah. We appreciate the time that you took with us to come and talk and hope you had a good time doing it.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope that everybody out there has a great day.
0: No problem. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for watching Mad Props with Chris Schnabel. I've been your host, Chris Schnabel. If you want to learn more about Mad Props or watch old episodes, go to youtube.com slash Schnabel Studios. You can check it out there. You can also see Schnabel Studios on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So check us out there. Make sure you stay up to date. You can also interact with us. Thank you again for watching. Mad Props has been a Schnabel Studios production.